Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about tailoring nannying for girls. When you are nannying two or more girls, it's just a different vibe than when it's two or more boys. And for that, I have an expert in this area, Taryn Pryor. Hi, Taryn. Hello, Martha. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for being here. Taryn has been on the podcast before. She did sibling rivalries and potty training with us. So go listen to those episodes if you have not yet. But she's also here today to talk about this. Before we get started with tailoring nannying for girls, let's hear a little bit about your background. So I am currently working on my master's in early childhood special education. I have been the long-term nanny of a wonderful family of two girls for the last four years. I can't believe it's been that long, actually. It's just kind of flown by, which is, you know, a whole nother conversation how fast (laughs) kids grow. Um, But I have worked with children in all different facets and in all different age groups, being in summer camps, college programs with really young children, middle schoolers teaching life skills. So I've been with a lot of different age groups and a lot of different capacities. Awesome. Well, you seem very well prepared to talk about this issue. Um, Not an issue. It's a fun thing to talk about. A topic. Yeah, a topic. Um, Wonderful. Well, my first question is, in your experience, which I know nannying-wise, you've mostly worked with girls, but Taryn and I are um, in a play group together, and so we often end up kind of co-nannying oh oh definitely (laughs) a lot of kids we always tell the kids any adult can tell you (laughs) can give you directions and you need to follow them exactly and in that nanny group it's mostly boys actually it is yeah what are some things that you've noticed that are just different about nannying girls than working with boys So even I would say with young children and even though there are so many similarities and so much advice that adhere to both girls and boys, but just with my time nannying and being in preschools and kindergartens and early childhood in general, there are definitely some differences between boys and girls. Uh, I will often see a lot that boys tend to maybe play a little more aggressively Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's that's okay. Or they really, really want to run around, do a lot of chasing games, running around, kind of doing different stunts. And girls maybe are more into pretend play, uh, dramatic play, Mm -hmm. uh, doing those kinds of things. And not that they don't like to play on the playground and running around and chasing games. I would just definitely say the level of intensity definitely differs. The ways that they kind of fall back and how to solve issues and conflict. I've definitely noticed a lot of times boys are far more kind of 
in whoever they're having the conflicts with face, they're maybe sometimes less likely to get an adult involved at the first sight of trouble as opposed right. to girls. I mean, the at the first sign of any sort of issues or ruffling of feathers, they are going to get an adult and you are going to do something about it. Yes, that is very true. Those are two of the biggest difference I think that I've noticed between boys and girls. And then also that some boys and girls kind of really lean towards uh, what I would consider are in our society gender normed activities for them. So girls like to play with the dolls. They like to do dress up. Boys like to play blocks, cars. Um, And then, you know, of course, a mix of in between. But I definitely noticed that a lot of children gravitate to those toys and gravitate to those areas. Um, And it can be for a lot of different reasons. Maybe it's because it's what they've observed, what they've heard, what they've been told, or really just honestly genuine interest. Yeah, yeah. And that's something. Um, so Logan, my fiance, who's been on the podcast before, his niece and nephew. So they had uh, his nephew is older um, by a year and some change. And uh, Logan grew up with all brothers. Um, oh, no. And so, oh, wow. yeah. And so like very guy heavy home and so I know when his niece came along and she like of her own accord like wanted dolls and wanted to play like she loves tucking things in and like we got her some Legos of like an RV thing that she could build this RV and she wanted to put curtains in things like that oh yeah and that's totally her naturally doing that because even her mom is not like a a super girly mom like she's really into sports and stuff and so um for his niece like I know his Logan's mom often struggles because she's like I raised all boys like I don't know what (laughs) I don't know how to play these games um and so there is like this natural uh desire I think to especially like take care of things that girls have um and I think girls are you know they're and there are studies that say this that women are very detail oriented they're Mm -hmm. they're usually more nurturing and it's very not it's very typical I mean you're they're observing their mother and like when they think of their mother and their father they equate themselves with their mother you know because they're both girls um and their mother takes care of them I mean so many little girls I've seen like are really just such great caretakers of their friends or if anyone's upset in the room or in the Mm -hmm. playgroup the youngest child I nanny I mean I wrote her a recommendation for the school that she went to Uh and they asked me to describe her in three words and one of the words I used was compassionate because if anyone is crying or upset she becomes instantly very concerned and a little fixated and she can't really move on until she knows that that person is okay or that they're with their adult. We kind of discussed the issue and what's probably going to happen next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Um, and not to say that boys don't, that they're not compassionate Absolutely. or anything like that, but there is just, it does seem like this natural inclination to to go out of your way to care for another person absolutely with girls and that seems to start super duper young it does and in the society that we live in I don't think that's unusual or Mm -hmm. out of the ballpark because women tend to be the caregiver in families and in situations and that is a totally respectable and fine um, order of roles but it definitely makes sense of that's why we would see that in children yep although did you see Richard Scary uh you went back and reanimated a lot of the scenes to include the wow. dad like in the kitchen and like just made everything so that both parents are sharing responsibilities I loved the busy world I know me too oh I just love it and there I've bought the girls a lot of different toys and large books from it because I think it's a great resource and it shows a lot of happenings going on and I love that it shows a lot of different animals and different like families so I just love different jobs oh my goodness because I think it like a lot of times the jobs that are presented to kids are very like they actually are narrower than you would think definitely it's like I'm gonna be a firefighter or a ballerina or whatever and Richard Scary is like 
everything construction worker janitor there's an entire book i got them just on airplanes and what you can do at uh, an airport and all the different jobs and parts and moving pieces there. So right. I really love how he takes a subject and just really dissects it and makes it very visually appealing. There's lots of conversation pieces. I mean, you can read one of his books for hours. Yes. Just one of them. I have. <laughs> um, with children. Not by myself. Never. I would never. Uh, <laughs> how dare you accuse me? I, I do, however, feel that sometimes... Uh, those gender norms, the pressure, the outside pressure, not coming from within the child. Absolutely. But the outside pressure gets put on so hard so early. Um, Are there ways that you have found to help with that, combat that, give the girls the idea that their voice, no matter what they want out of life, counts (laughs) counts <laughs> oh yeah you know it there are so many just insane and unrealistic expectations that get put on women and get put on young girls you know just from not being able to speak out because you know then you're bossy right. body image issues you know I can think back as far as maybe six or seven was the first time I felt negatively about my body. And that is crazy. I was only six or seven. So there are just a lot of pressure that gets put on girls from a very, very young age and a lot of subtle messages that are set. And I really think subtle messages are more powerful than, you know, maybe the things that are big in the way it's the subtle things that get said to them every day in different ways. Uh, something interesting. I remember the first year the oldest girl I nanny was in preschool. She was the only girl in her class that had curly hair. And uh-huh. I have curly hair, but her mm-hmm. mom has straight hair. And there's uh, a lot of curly haired ladies on her dad's side. But she said to me, I'm the only girl that has curly hair in my class. And she said, I wish I had straight hair like mm-hmm. mommy. And all my heart my heart just sank. I was like, oh, you know, your hair is so beautiful. So from that day on, I have always said to her, you know, how versatile your hair is. Wow. You know, people pay a lot of money to get the curls that you naturally have. You're so lucky. Look at all the wonderful different things you can do with your hair and you know curly hair shrinks up so Mm -hmm. it sits at about her shoulders but really it's down to the middle of the back and so I always talk about how cool it is that she has two lengths of hair in one so if she ever wanted to have really long hair she could just straighten it but otherwise it just nicely sits on her shoulder and really what I'm trying to do is just instill confidence in her confidence 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 if a child knows who they are if they like themselves if they're happy with themselves they are less likely to be to be bullied to be susceptible Mm -hmm. to peer pressure and just having a strong sense of self will be able to carry them through you know hard times and difficult decisions throughout life so whether that's in elementary school middle school high school I truly think one of the best things that my parents did was they got me involved in things I was really into and I was able to foster a strong sense of self and a strong sense of confidence yes I completely agree letting kids which letting kids have an opinion about the activities that they do I think is so important um I know my uh stepdad who is wonderful but he in particular didn't understand for a long time that uh theater is a team sport and so it a hundred percent is yeah and so he was trying to encourage me to like try all these different sports and I tried them all not all I didn't try basketball because I'm very short but um, I was like hey, it's never Nate gonna work Robinson, out I think is five eight in the NBA okay oh I anything is possible you're He's right in the NBA anything is possible but I tried like softball and I tried soccer and I just couldn't get into any of them um But once I found like my theater group, you know, then I was like, oh, this is home Um, and encouraging kids to to just start to explore that. What feels like home to you? Yes. Um, What group of people makes you feel better about yourself? 
um, and not what is the cool group, I think really um, is helpful in the long run. And it starts so early now. <laughs> I mean, I think it did it, when we were kids. We just probably, didn't notice. But, but I mean, you know, when I did soccer, when I was four, I was the youngest child in the league. And, you know, my dad was one of the coaches. So I uh-huh. think that was probably kind of why they like kind of looked the <laughs> other way. And they're like, well, it's fine. She can do it. But now there are children as young as 18 months in soccer classes. Yep. And it's not just soccer. It's baseball. Um, softball, all these different activities. And it is definitely wonderful to be able to let your children experience a lot of different things, see what they're good at, see what they're into. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of other non-sport related activities that can be great that are team sports in the way that you said it, that they yeah. teach how to cooperate, how to work together, how to work in a team, how to problem solve. Um, and I mean, we could talk for hours about right. the benefits of theater. <laughs> but we will have a podcast about that. Oh, it, um, it'll be good. Yeah, because um, it is. It, I, I will forever be grateful to what theater has given me. I as well. That's and what my bachelor's is in. to give me. Oh, yes. Um, a lot of transferable skills. Yes. I got an internship in D.C. with a theater nice. undergraduate degree. So, you know, but because I could talk about all the transferable skills and the right. way that my classes had prepared me, you know, you just, you have to be able to translate to people. Yep. <laughs> you do. Um, but so, yes, I... I think that it's it's really good to encourage kids to get outside their comfort zone, but also pay attention to where their comfort zone is exactly. and let them like work from there, not work from outside their comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and so if if one of the girls that you nanny is really into dinosaurs, like let her be run with it dinosaurs (laughs) can lead to such a fulfilling and rich exploration i mean the possibilities are endless i really like what you said about just kind of letting the child direct you into what they're interested and that's not to say that boys and girls and girls can't be interested in traditionally right gender female gendered role things like the oldest Uh, girl I nanny before she went to preschool it was always pants shirts maybe a couple of skirts and it just kind of switched maybe two or three months into school she really wanted to wear a lot of dresses all of a Mm -hmm. sudden she wanted to be Cinderella and the year before she was Mike Wazowski from Monsters (laughs) Inc and that is totally fine because she was genuinely jazzed and interested and now all she wears are dresses even her pajamas are dresses but I think if that is what a child feels confident in Mm -hmm. feels powerful feels themselves then she should wear a skirt and a dress if that is what she is comfortable in then that is what she should wear every single day you should not force a child to wear clothes because you know, either they're going against the grain or because it's not the gender norm. Children should be able to play in what makes them feel confident, powerful. Yeah. And a girl that I have nannied for in the past, she was so funny because she would look outside and be like, oh, it's sunny. So I need to wear pants because we're going to go on the playground and I'm working on being able to do a flip on the bar. And it was like, oh, okay. A lot of foresight. I yeah. like it. And planning. I was like, that is fine and great. And do it. Um, just letting them choose, I think, is the best. Um, have you found any particular games or activities that go really well with like multiple girls in a space? So funnily enough, I think in the beginning, I was always thinking I need to do art and arts and crafts and mm-hmm. creating things. And that has been a wonderful outlet of activities and all, and not even just things uh, like crafts that I have like a a picture in mind to Mm -hmm. end at, but just giving them different materials and saying, what can you make with this? You know, Mm -hmm. those have been wonderful. But what I've really found to be a hit lately are science experiments. Ooh, yeah. And I know that is across the board. Like just little kids love science experiments. But I do think people are more hesitant or less likely to do it with a group of girls. They always think, oh, art, paint, let Mm -hmm. me 
have them make headbands, which are wonderful, fulfilling, enriching activities. Yes. But the response I have gotten from them doing science experiments has been extremely overwhelming. Like even when I just kind of suggested it offhand, oh, would you guys want to do this egg experiment? Like all (laughs) very wide, they were like, yes, let's do that. So now I try to incorporate it and do science experiments more on more of a consistent basis because they were engaged the entire time, making predictions, wanting to know more, asking to do more. And it's with just household items. We put eggs in different um liquids mm-hmm. like we did vinegar oil water i think we did a coke and just what did we think was gonna happen we let it go there for a day we made um these uh like ice balloon balls mm-hmm. so we filled yeah. balloons with water and food color and we this was in winter obviously and yep. we left them outside and then we took the balloons off and they were these huge globes of ice we've done um experiments with like baking soda and vinegar those mm, are great yeah. and there are just so many explosions different ways to do- explosion <laughs> there's so many ways to make things explode yeah and put food coloring in it and people kids girls love it so that is something i would highly 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 encourage people to try with their girls you will be shocked amazed and delighted at how into it they are yeah and there's lots of books in fact i think there's one i mean and obviously like pinterest and online resources but i think there's a a book specifically called like at home experiments and it's supposed to be things that you would have in your kitchen. Um, there are a lot, there are lots of, I feel yeah. like a, books that are aimed at being able to do experiments just in your house. Yeah. I would definitely encourage people to check them out and you know, your library will probably yes. even have them. You don't even have to buy them. Right. Which is great. Support libraries. They're wonderful. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Science experiments. I, forget about those sometimes um and, you but know, yeah, and there's a great. there's a real lack of women in stem mm-hmm. you know my sister-in-law is, was a chemical engineer she's now moved on to more of a business background but that was one of her top complaints is that they, she works with all men and there aren't a lot of women I know that's a complaint of a lot of yeah. women scientists women working in the technology field and it's not that women aren't capable but I just think that at a young age girls are directed into the arts or just into other things and it's not for a lack of having the intellectual ability it's just you do what you've been exposed to what you've been around what you know and that's where your interests kind of funnel from so if you expose girls young to (laughs) science and that it's really cool it's really exciting I think we could and yeah, just very building those positive it. memories with it, you know, exactly. Of like, we had so much fun doing this as a kid. So when they get into a science class, they've already they already have positive thoughts about it instead of like, I've never seen any of this before in my life. And that's daunting. And it is OK if they aren't into it. I'm yeah. from a family of engineers and I have nothing but really unpleasant memories of right. math and science. And that is OK. But I was exposed to it. Right. So I know that that's yeah. not my thing. Yeah, exactly. That's lovely. I like that a lot. So what about girls that don't feel like they fit in at school um how do you help them navigate that which I know only one of your nanny kids is in school but Mm -hmm. you've also taught in schools yeah I think talking is really really important and Mm -hmm. these can be difficult subjects to talk about but you would be surprised a just how much better someone can feel just getting something off their chest, just talking it out to another person, being able to um, express themselves. They're not letting it build up inside. And through talking with it, they might be able to kind of dissect their own feelings um, and they can get strategies from you. I think it also goes back to kind of what you said, finding your home, uh, instilling Mm -hmm. confidence in children, helping them find, well, what are they good at? What are they Mm -hmm. interested in? How can I find you other people that are into what you are doing, what you're interested in? But I think talking to your children is the only way that you're going to know anything about what are the problems um, 
Is this something that are perceived slights? Are there real issues? Is mm-hmm. it just uh, having making friends issue? Is mm-hmm. it they're not into the same things as me? Talking will be able to shed a lot of light onto the situation and coming up with strategies to fix it with your child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For example, um, recently one of my female nanny kids was telling me how this girl in her class found a uh, like a Fitbit, like oh. a kid's Fitbit in the school, like found it. Oh, and exciting. yeah, very exciting. But the the other child, not my nanny kid, was like, I'm not turning this in to Lost and Found. I'm keeping it. And my nanny kid told her that's the wrong choice. She that was is like, the wrong choice. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you need to turn it into Lost and Found. And the other girl was like mad at her and uh, because she spoke up. And so, you know, I'm hearing all this and I was like, but good for you oh for speaking gosh, up. Good. Like, and I she's not a friend that you want if no. that's going to be her attitude. And it's wonderful that she felt comfortable enough to tell you about that, to talk to you yeah. about it so she could, because from what I'm hearing, it's sounding like she wants reassurance. Yes. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Is she right? Am yes. I wrong? And talking to your children, talking about these situations, you can reinforce what obviously she already has a great moral compass and she acted on her instincts and I am just so elated to hear that she stood up to her friend that she advocated for what was the right the moral thing to do yeah I gave her a big hug and I was like I am so proud of you um and I was like and don't worry about her because absolutely that's if if that is her attitude and if she continues down that path that's not a friend that you're going to want anyway so Um, so yeah just talking about it I completely agree that's like really step number one and then don't stop Um, never stop talking to your kids you know a lot and it can be it's maybe some uncomfortable conversations Mm -hmm. on gender norms and what that means what that means down the line and how do we think about and treat girls and women but they're very very important conversations to have and it's the subtle messages that get Mm -hmm. sent that children are trying to understand and just because a a child maybe isn't talking to you about it doesn't mean that they're not thinking about it and interested or trying to make their own explanation so you would much rather them talk to you an experienced adult about what they're thinking what they're feeling what they're wondering what they're scared about what they're anxious about Mm -hmm. Uh, talking I can't encourage it enough yeah it's it's our one of our best tools. Um, and yeah, a little trick for if you do in those conversations get to where you feel like you're maybe overstepping your bounds as a nanny, which depending on how close you are with the nanny parents and how much you've talked about how they want things handled. Absolutely. But I know like when it gets into like religion or sex, uh, for me, my response is I would love to talk to you about that. But you know who would love to talk to you even more? Your parents. Absolutely. And that makes it not taboo Mm -hmm. because you're like, I would talk to you about it, but I know that your parents want to talk to you about this and then redirects. Um, (laughs) Because I I just feel like a lot of times uh, like the natural response is like, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that. And then that just creates this whole complex. It shuts down the conversations and I think, oh. Am I not supposed to know? I'm right. chuckling because the <laughs> oldest Idani asked me a couple weeks ago, maybe two months ago, where do babies come from? Mm-hmm. Because I'm engaged and she knows my fiance really well. And she was asking, well, are you and you know, his name is Mike. Are you and yeah. Mike going to have a baby? We can share adults' names. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to share children's names. I'm glad you can sense my hesitation. Yeah. Like, oh, should I say his name? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, are you and Mike going to have a baby? And I said, you know, I hope someday, you know, when we're older. <laughs> right. After we've gotten married. And then she asked, oh, well, how is it going to get in your belly? How does a baby <laughs> get in your belly? And, and I... <laughs> 
Uh, she goes to a religious school. So we ended up talking about God. She said, oh, does God put it there? And I go, lots of people pray to God to help them to have a baby. Yet yeah, that is very true. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, no, how do they get in the <laughs> belly? Don't try to sidestep this. I know. Turn. She was like, you heard me, woman. <laughs> yeah. Answer my question. And I told her that it is, I, it, really, I said a very similar answer, that it is a really exciting and fun story, but it's also something that parents really like to talk about with their children. I said, so I want to give your parents the opportunity because I don't want to take that fun away from them. Yeah. And she seemed satisfied by that answer. And I, told, I you know, I texted her parents. I texted them throughout the day, like little updates. <laughs> and I was like, just an FYI. <laughs> this Here's is what's coming, coming down at you. This is what I said. And they were just dying oh laughing. Gosh. But I, but that's a perfect Way, I mean, that is just dead on perfect advice to say that you would love to talk with them about it, but it's something that parents really like to talk about with their children. You don't want to take that experience yeah. away. And after you've talked about it with your parents, you would love to talk about it with them more and in depth, but definitely being very aware of your boundaries. How do parents want you to broach yeah. topics? I mean, it can be about anything. One time the oldest asked me about what are homeless people? Who are homeless people? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I reached out to the parents asking, how do you want me to frame this answer? Because different people feel very differently about that subject. And you you just want to respect however the parents want to raise their children. Yep. And shout out to my stepdad. He's the one that taught me that trick. Um, (laughs) So I just want to get very knowledgeable man. (laughs) He is. He's a psychologist. He knows lots. Are there any great like energy burners that you can suggest for those days when you're like struggling to keep up because (laughs) I feel like girl energy like we talked about kind of at the beginning is very different than boy energy relentless yeah (laughs) yeah it is I will persistent detail oriented I will definitely say that you know something that uh we recently did that was a great energy burner and it was something in the house was doing water play and I know people when people think water play they're thinking oh I need a table Mm -hmm. I need to set you know I need to set up all these things and I can't do it I mean you could literally stick your kids in the bathtub in their swimsuits put a ton of toys in there and they would have a ball. What Mm -hmm. I did was I had them in the bathroom on the main floor. I had them play in the sink. And then there was kind of this big box that I put in um, like a standing box shower. I put it in there. I put different toys at each kind of station. I had them switch. I would definitely have them wear a swimsuit next time. I know better. It was a rookie mistake. (laughs) But the oldest, you know, they have sensory play at her school. The youngest, I mean, she just dove in and she was so and she was okay with it and I said next time we will put on a bathing suit yep but I mean they were really engaged in it and they've asked about it a couple of times and said can we do that again you know so something that seems so simple I mean it could we did it for like an hour yeah hour and 15 minutes and that is a long time for children Mm -hmm. to do anything especially in you know the three to I feel like seven or eight age group yeah which on that same uh line of thinking uh some of my nanny kids actually boys and girls um would love to like do the dishes and I'm making scare quotes around it um because they're not actually washing them but they love to like just have dishes and play with them in the sink under like running water or filling up the sink and letting them play with these you know simple it's so simple and I give them like a clean sponge and they like rub off all the go to town yeah and I'm like great this is wonderful and they'll do it for like 30 minutes and it's it's the best thing right after lunch because I let them play with dishes like I rinse off the dishes first um and then I let them play with the dishes and then I get to clean the counters and like under the table (laughs) while I'm there dual purpose (laughs) yeah I'm like this is great because I can see them but it's perfect so yeah water play that's a great idea another activity I really love and hear me out because this (laughs) is very typical gender normed for girls but baking Mm -hmm. is an 
excellent activity. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different disciplines woven in there. You have science, you have math, because science, you're making something into something else, right? You're creating something, uh, math, because you're having to use measurements. Mm -hmm. How much are you putting into things? And it's, if you involve them in every step of it, it's actually a very, very long process. Whenever I bake with the girls, that's our morning activity. Yeah. Especially if it's something that you can do that you can decorate mm-hmm. afterwards so they can be creative. It's also something that gives them a sense of pride and joy. I know as soon as their parents come home, they are always like, look at what we made. Do you want to try some? Can we yeah. have this for dessert today? We made this. It gives them ownership and pride. And baking is definitely not just for girls. Mm-hmm. It is for anyone right. who I enjoys delicious treats. Boys all the time. But is, yes, <laughs> everyone loves delicious treats. But I have found that my girls are really into it. They commit to it. And it's wonderful because there are kind of break times woven into it. Right. So while, you know, if we're making cookies, if we're making brownies, we're making cupcakes, especially multiple batches, Mm -hmm. it goes in. They have the eight to 10 or however many minutes to go play. Timer rings. They are back on. They have um, this. They call it a tower, but they can climb on and it raises them to the countertop so we can have an actual conversation and they're not looking (laughs) up at me the entire time. But they are engaged. They're interested. And there's just a lot of different great skills woven into it, even though it's a more gender normed female activity, but effective. Yeah. One thing that uh, two nanny girls that I nannied a long time ago, but they're one one of their favorite activities, also somewhat gender normed, but they love uh, playing get cozy, which is like find all all the blankets in the house and pile them like each person gets a turn being the one to get cozy and then the other people help get that person cozy so we just like lay blankets on top of a person and then like tuck them in maybe this is a girl thing because i know my girls it's not the exact same thing but for 20 or 30 minutes they'll they call it sleep we're playing sleep Uh and they'll put their dolls to bed they'll put themselves to bed i mean they put on the night lights the sound machines they turn off the lights they close the shades i mean (laughs) i've like gone in the room and been like what's going on is is everyone asleep like what because yeah. the first time it ever happened I like had gathered a bunch of blankets because I was like we're gonna make a fort it's gonna be awesome and they were like no 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 <laughs> we're playing get so cozy <laughs> yeah and I was like okay this is even better than I mean forts are awesome that was episode number one but, but it's important to allow the children to yeah. direct what they want to do where they want to go children will never disappoint you no with they their really ideas. Won't. They're always interesting and creative and a lot of fun. Yep, that is so true. Um, how about any good book recommendations? We already talked about Richard Scarry. We did. Oh, he is just Busy wonderful world. for anyone. Um, oh, there are so, <laughs> there's so many different books, but so I really like the Elephant and Piggy series uh-huh. by Mo Williams. So that's nice because it, kind of utilizes a different style of text mm-hmm. it's it's thought and word bubbles um so that's a kind of nice, like a comic book yes yeah, so that's like a really nice way to introduce that genre but also piggy is a girl elephant's a boy they have these series of great adventures um it and it, they don't too heavily lean on the fact that piggy's a girl but it, yeah you know, i it didn't is even ex- know that and i yeah them. i mean it's it's I can't remember what book it was that I figured out that Piggy was a girl, but I also love that their genders are not important. Right. Um, you can't They're really not tell. romantically involved. They are not romantically They're involved. Friends. They're just absolute best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear lots of silly costumes. Mm-hmm. And I think they do refer to her as she once. I think that's how I figured it out. Right. But also, you know, in some things she was wearing a dress. Right. Uh, but overall, I just think it's, a really great series about camaraderie and friendships and tackling different problems. I also really like Fancy Nancy. Oh, yes. It's a great book for language, different words. Vocabulary building. Um, And, you know, she is a girly girl, but there's nothing wrong with that. The 
book, it's vibrancy of colors, a diversity mm-hmm. of characters, lots of different subjects tackled. I read Fancy Nancy when I was younger mm-hmm. and I just love it. So I definitely recommend those. Yeah. I'm, big, I'm a big fans of both of those series. But really, you cannot go wrong with yeah. any books. And I feel like we are now living in a time of really, really rich children's literature. Me too. Especially yeah. children's literature that is focused on strong girl female characters because you know there are we're lots getting of, there we're getting there there are <laughs> lots of studies that are now pointing out that in a lot of books they really kind of default to having male characters and if they do have female characters they're not important to the plot they don't really they don't do anything speak very much they don't they don't speak very much so i would just encourage anyone who is look, buying books for girls to really to make sure you read the book right are there strong female characters in there are they doing things are they doing things that are not just gender normed in our american society uh and there's there are it's it is getting better there is, is definitely more yes. things on the market and this is a, a kind of along that vein uh but a friend of mine parker uh-huh. who's been on, been on the podcast the podcast before he uh nannied a girl around the same age as my oldest girl and he lamented one time when he was trying to buy her a birthday card that he didn't want to buy her a birthday card that talked about how pretty she was or yeah. her princess. He's like, I want a card that talks about how intelligent, intelligent she is, creative, she, you know, just something that isn't centered mm-hmm. on how she looks. And he really looked for one and he found one. Wow. And, and he, I remember he was really upset and he yeah. was very unhappy and, you know, and he wrote about it uh, and subtle messages yeah so if you get a birthday card every day for the prettiest girl for and -hmm. i don't want to discourage people from pointing out that people are pretty that is a wonderful self-esteem building compliment but it shouldn't be the only compliments you give and if you do compliment a girl on her looks what i try to do with the girls that i nanny is I love that outfit you have on. Right. You really coordinated those colors well. Or they really pop or they really bring out your eyes and your hair. Or I see you spent so much time on your hair. It really frames your face really well. Not just you look really pretty and beautiful and, you know, that's all that there is to you. And that's, of course, not what you're saying, but right. you just have to be aware of the very But if it's all messages. they ever hear, then that is what you're saying, you know? Yeah. And I, there's a list and I will try to find it and post it on Facebook uh, on the Chronicles of Nania website um, as well. But there is a list because a lot of there's been studies, too, about um, when strangers when you talk to a girl that you don't know, a lot of times you will go towards outfits or how they look. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you talk to boys that you don't know, our natural like cultural inclination is to ask about what their favorite animal is or something that is so interesting yeah and so I have really tried to like think about that when you know I'm hanging out on a playground and you know kids run up to you because you're an adult they do um, they're like hold this for me help me with this. In the sandbox. and I'm like that's great or you know whenever you have to interact with a kid and so I try to like Think of questions that don't have to do with the way that they look um, just because that's commonly what girls are getting uh, and boys seem to get asked questions and more about their opinions. Yeah. Your appearance, you know, anyone can buy this T-shirt, yeah. but not everyone is into polar bears or right. went to the zoo and knows all about tiger. You know, th- yeah. you want to dig deeper with kids because kids have depth they don't need to yeah. have surface conversations with them. you can dig deep with them they'll yeah. they'll meet you there um really quick back to books because i have a couple of recommendations <gasps> of very good feminist literature for little kids um one of which is the paper bag princess <gasps> it is one I of my favorite books love the paper Back. Robert Munch, actually, who is so fun. He's also written Stephanie's Ponytail, Wait mm-hmm. and See. Now that I think about it, he has a lot yeah. of strong female characters in all of his books. And the fun- He's the Joss Whedon of uh, board great. books. great. <laughs> you know, and he always says that he writes about the people that he knows. Yeah. Which I think is very, very interesting. That's very like telling. Joss Whedon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They both say that of like... 
They're like, I write about strong female characters because that's what I know. Mm. Um, another one that I really love is called Cinder Edna. And Cinder Edna, is, she lives next door to Cinderella. And, like, she doesn't complain about having to do housework. She, like, cleans bird cages to earn money. She takes the bus to the ball. She wears loafers. She ends up, well, I don't want to ruin it, but <laughs> <laughs> she her happily ever after looks very different from Cinderella's happily ever after. And just a comparison of, like, you don't no you don't have to live one way to have a happily ever after so true happily ever after means different things to different people and yes. that's okay and that's totally fine um and so i love that one there's also a series of uh women in science or uh women in history that are chapter books so when mm. your nanny kids get to the age and they they are written I think about a second or third grade level but my second grader who reads at about a third grade level but that I work with sometimes she uh loves them and that's wonderful and loves learning about all these strong women so those are my baseline recommendations I could go on for (laughs) years about this but um but yes and one more, which I just discovered this. Uh, they have come out with, I think it's Hope Larson. It's a graphic novel version of A Wrinkle in Time, which was oh. one of my favorite books growing up. Wow. Um, and the graphic novel version of it just makes it easy, more easily accessible. And awesome. that is a strong female in science. Um, and so I love, I've been reading that with some of my older nanny kids. And it's been going so well. They eat it up. They can't wait to read more. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. And that's one that you have to read with them because they're big words like tesseract. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, one of the... Uh, beings that helps them along their journey only speaks in like other languages for most of it she uses quotes yeah (laughs) and so I'm just like I'm not gonna read that because I don't know how Um, but but anyway uh that's another really good and I found that at my library so and that's an um, as we said before, the library and the librarian can also point you to all you have to do is resource. say, I'm looking for some books with some strong girl characters and they will send you packing with a lot of books. Yeah. My understanding, especially of the Chicago library system, is like working in the children's section is like the one of the highest it's a big deal yeah like you do not get you are a qualified person yes. to work there all, yes. all of course all librarians right. are qualified but, but you know the children it's a coveted position to be able to work in the children's section um so i i trust them a lot oh yes um do you ever talk to your girls about consent um and about like body your bubble and who you can allow in and you have the right to not allow people in oh I think talking about consent is very important for both boys and girls and I know right now we're like focusing on girls but yes I do talk to the girls about consent you know and in the way that you just said that this is your body and no one has the right to touch it be near it if you don't like it and Mm -hmm. you have the right to remove yourself from situations that you don't like and I really try to teach the girls to advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. I think that's something that really gets kind of glossed over and overlooked with girls I agree you want to teach all children this but particularly girls so they grow to be women that feel comfortable speaking up for themselves Mm -hmm. and saying I don't like this and I'm not going to accept this and so I'm always telling the girls if they come up with me wanting to intervene in conflict and not that you send kids out on their own to deal with it but when they tell me he or she did this and I'm like well tell him that right tell them you don't like that and you know and so I'll go over with them and kind of 
maybe facilitate any, put any language gaps in, make sure that they're talking to each other, translating for them. So I'm hearing you say this, is this what you mean? Okay, can you say that to this person? But really teaching them to tackle their conflicts head on and particularly about personal space, personal choice that they have the right to have a choice. They have the right to their feelings no matter what. I always try to, even when I'm disciplining the girls, I say you have a right to feel. You are upset and that is okay. You are angry Mm -hmm. and that is okay. You know, letting them know that they can feel this whole myriad of feelings that they don't have to always be these smiling, happy, docile creatures that women and girls are a lot of things. We're passionate, we're angry, we're mad, we're sad. You can feel this whole host of emotions and not only can you, you have the right to. Yeah, and you have the right to put them out in the world. Yeah, You do not have the right to invade other people's spaces with your anger. Exactly. And you know, it works both ways. You you have a bubble that you want people to respect (laughs) and you also have to respect someone else's bubble right but yes to to say you have every right to feel those feelings that's so important and something that I work with all of my nanny kids on um just yeah just giving them a voice because I all children I feel like it gets glossed over their opinions are often just pushed to the side of like well this is what we're doing because I said so things like that um But I do feel like it's especially true of girls of, you know, smile and go along with it because that's the easiest thing. And the reinforcement that they're getting in school is, you know, the girls that are good students, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. are the ones that sit there quietly. Um, And so just, you know celebrating when they do stand up to their friends or things like that or Absolutely. when they say I don't like this being like thank you for sharing that exactly yeah I love it yes I love that too um and something that um I'm very passionate about is especially hugging I feel like there's this somewhat and it's it's fading out thank the lord um but there is this insistence by some people to force kids to hug people that they don't want to hug and that's something that I am passionately against um I don't think a child should have to hug even a family member if they don't want to I 100% agree yeah 100% I mean we've even witnessed it in our own nanny group will say oh we're saying bye and if one half of a pair wants to give a hug and mm-hmm. the other half does, we say you don't have to give a hug yeah. you can give a high five a fist pound you can wave or you can say nothing yeah. and that is totally fine That's because we want to teach kids boys and girls that they are taught are autonomous over their bodies but we want to teach them to respect the decisions of other people that Mm -hmm. they make with their body so if they don't want to hug you Mm -hmm. then that's the end of the story and I've even said I've I've said to my girls before no means no when someone says no that is now the end of the conversation you don't try to coerce them or convince them that is their opinion and you need to respect it and I've even said to them before you need to respect each other and you need to respect that they said no and I even said that today we went to a play place and there was kind of a kerfuffle over (laughs) a toy and you know I said did you put that toy down and she said yes but he picked it up and I said well you can go over to him and politely explain the situation you could say something like I wasn't done playing with this or I would still like to play with it and I said but if he says no then that's the answer and she said okay And, you know, and I watched from afar and she was very polite about it. And, you know, the child really didn't care. He just handed it over. (laughs) And I said, wonderful. But I really think it's those little reminders. Like if he says no, then you have to find something else. Or if she says no or if they don't want to hug, then move on. Yep. Uh, Those subtle reminders combat the subtle messages that they're receiving. They do. But I I agree with you 100 percent. Even in family, if someone does not want to hug, kiss, whatever, then you need to respect that of your children. Yep, I completely agree. And, you know, we're nannies, so we don't always get (laughs) 
to the final say. The final say, but I I totally think that that is true and with all of my nanny kids that's the way we run things and you can even talk to the parents if they are maybe <laughs> I'm gonna say are into forced hugging but right. maybe maybe they see it as an expression of love and they want to teach their children how to express love and friendship uh you can maybe explain this to them and what you're trying to do and you're really trying to teach the children to advocate for themselves and you feel very strongly that especially with physical touching no one but particularly girls no girl should be made to touch someone else or let someone else touch them in any way if they don't want to yes because it it sends a subtle message that many women carry far 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 into their 20s 30s 40s and even 50s 60s yeah for sure yes and that is something that we can do (laughs) as nannies and i love it um wonderful well are there any other things that you want to talk about? No, I think we covered a lot Maybe of different too. topics. And I think we gave a lot of different resources and things for people to really think about and how maybe they can incorporate in their own lives or the lives of the children that they nanny. Yeah. Um, And during this week, I will be sharing on uh, the Chronicles of Nania Facebook page Uh, I will try to find lists of good uh, books for feminism and I and that list of conversation starters uh, that don't have to do with appearance and things like that. So check back. I I will try to share something every day. So check back at Chronicles of Nania on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can also visit www.chroniclesofnania.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please, if you would be so kind as to go on iTunes and write how much you are enjoying this podcast, that would be so helpful to getting us seen by more eyes because the written reviews are the biggest help to bumping uh our podcast up on the algorithm so it gets seen more often so if you have five minutes this week which i know we're nannies we're very busy but if you have five minutes it would mean the world to me if you would go on itunes and write a positive review if you are not sure how to do that if you visit www.chroniclesofnannia.com we have a step-by-step guide of how to review so and how to listen if you're hearing this by mistake and you're not sure how to do it again, you can also go and figure out how to listen on chroniclesofnania.com. Anyway, we end each episode with a story from a nanny kid. And Taryn has brought a wonderful one that actually somewhat has to do with what we're talking about. fits in so well with what we just ended the conversation on. So I'm at a... Uh, play place they're very popular in Chicago Mm -hmm. those Um, winters they are you know or just cold and windy and they're just fun places to be so we were at a play place before we have to take the oldest (laughs) to school and you know I'm sitting the girls usually go in different directions so I try and when it's just me I try and do like a zone thing I try and park myself in the middle kind of you know involving myself in the play when invited but also just like looking for when there's conflict and whether I'm needed or not And all of a sudden, the youngest comes up to me very serious like. And she says, Taryn. And I go, yes. She goes, I touched someone's butt. (laughs) And I looked at her and I said, what? (laughs) I touched someone's booty. And I said, well, why? Why did you touch someone's (laughs) booty? And she said, well... Their booty was in the window. I wanted to close the window and their booty (laughs) was there. And I asked her for clarification. Did you close the window on someone's booty? (laughs) And she said, yes, I wanted to close the window. And so after clarifying that the little girl, the other little girl was okay and that she hadn't been (laughs) injured, we talked about, well, what was another way you could have handled that situation? What could you have said to the little girl? And she said, I could have said, can you please move your booty? I want to close (laughs) the window. And we talked about how I, you know, you don't have the right to touch anyone else's booty. 
did I said, did you ask her if you could touch her? And she said, no. And I said, would you like it if someone came up and poked you and they didn't ask you? And she said, oh, no, no, I, I don't like that. And just talked about and reinforced the importance of asking someone, can I touch you? Can I be in your space? And, you know, saying that no one can come in your space. Like you have a bubble. People need to ask permission to come into it. And it's the same thing for anyone you meet here. And I had her go apologize to the girl. You know, it's just you want everyone to feel safe. But it's little things like that. That is something I could totally have written off and said, don't do that again. Or like apologize to the girl. But explaining to her why it was important that she not touch someone that she doesn't know she didn't ask and even if they are your friend yeah saying that even if they know them they still need to ask for permission being a friend does not give you license to touch someone you still need to ask yes so important well, and so hilarious and so <laughs> hilarious because yeah all of this was about touching the butt um, like finding Nemo I instantly thought of that I wanted to say you touched the butt <laughs> I know but, but I it might not have played so, you know you, you have read to the hold room back sometimes yeah I write you sometimes you really have to read the room <laughs> yep and it's important um well wonderful thank you so much Taryn no, for being thank here thank you Martha for having me I always enjoy coming on here and having such a great conversation and we always enjoy having you and thank you all for listening We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nanny and on Twitter at Nanya Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnanny at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.